Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, February 17th, 2023. Today on the Ether, Station Wallet and Game of Alliance with Jared from TFL, hosted by Rebel DeFi with Orbital Command. Let's take a listen. Good evening, everyone. I was quite enjoying that music there, or GM, depending on where you all are. Hopefully, everyone can hear me. Jared, can you hear me? I can hear you. How's my connection there? I can hear you loud and clear. Can we have some emojis if we're hearing both Rebel DeFi on the Orbital Command account and Jared on his own account? Okay, MB can hear at least. Hopefully some others can hear. Deeps, can you hear? Blockbits. JG, Marty, thank you. Okay, yeah, it's brilliant to be talking to Jared again. Um, really looking forward to finding out more about the plans for Station Wallet as well as what's going on with Game of Alliance. Jared, I know you've got a tight schedule. You'll have to be off within the hour. So shall we just get straight into it? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, for sure. Whenever you're ready. Thank you. Sorry, I was on mute. I was going right through the introduction there, and it all fell flat on my face. <laughs> um, no. no that's that that does actually remind me i was on a base with sunny from osmosis and he had some really really good twitter spaces etiquette i thought every time because we our connection wasn't great at that time and what he would do to indicate he was finished his point would be just to mute so i will when i'm not speaking i'll make sure i'm on mute and maybe if you could do the same that would be handy as well thank you so yeah Station Wallet, Game of Alliance. You've done some videos recently with Don Kryptonium, as well as the guys from Terabyte or Byte Digital Group, as we're now supposed to call them. Um, they were really nice demonstrations. I enjoyed them a lot myself. Um, but seeing as we've not got a visual demonstration, it's going to be all audio tonight. Do you want to tell us about Station? What do we need to know about the new Station? Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> well, for starters, thanks for thanks for all the feedback on it. Um, you, you've helped a lot uh, in in gathering that, so I've I've appreciated that. Um, for for kind of what you need to know, if you say are coming from the previous Terra station, um, the new Terra station supports multiple coin types. Uh, so we have some some instructions there um, for. Hold on. Uh, have I double booked myself? Oh, I have double booked myself. Um, I thought this was an hour later. I have a meeting right now. Um, 
Is there a chance we can do this an hour later? Or that's fine with me, guys. Are you in? There's quite a crowd here, so yep, Jared's got the important meeting now. Um, we can reconvene. I'll I'll set another space then. Um, share that link. If you're free, come and join us. If you're not, hopefully Finn will be able to do his recording. Um, for us. On the yeah. top of the next hour, Jared, is that right? Yeah, massive apologies there. I have this one uh, set for 9 a.m. and yeah. <laughs> okay, you do have, you, okay. Awesome. We'll see you again. In fact, I mean, we could just hang out and chill. If there's anyone who wants to come up, I can see we've got some other TFL employees in the space, some validators, some OGs. Anyone want to jump up and share your thoughts? I'm sorry, Jimmy. Um, about your experiences with the new Station Wallet or Game of Alliance. I can just keep talking for a little bit and see if anyone wants to step up to the stage. I mean, hopefully with um, when Jared does come back, I don't really want to be speaking all that much. I want to be hearing from him and from like genuine questions from the audience. But as far as Game Alliance goes, I'm wondering how much of a game do you feel it is? One thing I would quite like on Game of Alliance would be some like prism type confetti or something like that when maybe when i achieve one of the goals that'd be quite nice or every time i, I redelegate okay we've got a few people coming up corporate fish i am um, i sent jimmy away i remember i was on a space it must have been a long time ago now certainly quite possibly almost a year ago i was on a space with um, fan fury. Hi guys. Can I just do my anecdote about fan fury? Um, Sorry. <laughs> techers, got you. Yeah. So I was on the space with fan fury. I thought we were having a great space. And then this guy came up to talk. It was Jimmy the Otter. I had no idea who Jimmy the Otter was. And I was just taken aback. I actually tried to address what he was saying. Um, normally, um, after further experience with Jimmy, I realized that maybe sensible debate is not what he's after. Anyway, thank you for listening. GM, GM gang, I, I only have one question and that question is for Jimmy the Otter and that question is for something that is so cute and fluffy. Why are you such a rancid cunt? Like, you haven't built anything. You haven't done anything except ask for work like what's your deal bro why are you mad why are you mad bro let's let's talk about that i want to know why jimmy's mad jimmy what's what's the matter baby who hurt you where'd they touch you baby come on and then the best part about this is that i'm not going to allow him to come up and speak i just keep denying his request <laughs> maybe that make him more mad he's just like an angry little baby i don't know what's up y'all how you doing? Finn here, Good Fed Finn, corporate Fed Finn. Uh, still waiting on my my federal salary, so that's pretty exciting. 
to learn that I'm on the Fed payroll. I learned that yesterday. So looking forward to all the perks and benefits that come along with that. And uh, yeah, good to see you guys. I gotta gotta swap some stakes over on this uh, game of securities I'm I'm playing here. Verifiable badge carrier or NFT holder. Luna V, what up, dog? Techers, what up? Good to see you all here. Hello, hello. At Five a.m. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, in Germany, uh, it's it's already uh, two p.m. Um, so it's all good. Um. Yeah, I just had one quick thing about the station wallet suggestion. Um, when you go to stake and you see your delegations, all of them, uh, it's it used to be that it showed like the staked amount altogether of all the different delegations. Uh, now it's only showing the dollar value, which is a bit um, unfortunate. If I click on it, then I have to basically calculate together my my Luna or whatever uh, in order to have like the total amount, so to speak, if you get what I mean. That's just a suggestion to display the total staked amount again, rather than only having the dollar value. Absolutely. I'd, I'm not going to speak for Jared, but other people, including myself, have said the same thing. And he does have a... I think I can't hear Orbital anymore. Is he speaking? Oh no! Oh uh, yeah, he said uh, he said he's not going to speak for Jared, but I will as a Fed and as Jared's handler. Uh, I will say that that is good a, a good tip, and we will get that up to the devs and see if they can do something. All right, thank you all. Uh, and then I would just like if someone from DFL would be up, uh, would just asked about the uh, endpoints and how to fix the issue that there's sometimes no connection to to all these different uh, chains. Excellent. Orbital, he just wanted to know about the endpoint thing and how to fix the connection between the different chains when there is no connection. I probably got that wrong, but that's what's fun about playing telephone. Uh, if you drop no. down and then drop back up Luna V, you should be able to hear each other again. I'm all up in these endpoints. Um, I would say that's just teething trouble, hopefully. Um, again, that's something maybe we can raise with Jared and he'll give us the, like, the, the actual answer. Yeah, so I missed that. Did he had something else he had to go do? He had another Fed to go handle real quick, or what? What happened? It, listen, this this was booked in a long time ago. So maybe uh, something came up. Um, he's Jared's a man in demand these days. Absolutely, with all his um, he's he's like the public face of TFL now. Yeah, I mean, he, over here at the uh, NSA, we had to actually put three different handlers on his account just because he is in such high demand so it's yeah very very busy times absolutely techers you've been waiting a long time sir hi there all right thanks for having me can you guys hear me yeah all right yep we were showing um, some emojis but yeah we got you yeah cheers. Uh, apologies if you can hear my son crying in the background but um just quickly <clears throat> i'm having trouble um uh, in importing my um, seed phrase onto the new station. So I don't know if anyone else is having that problem as well. Or is it just me? Some people what's well the, have been having... I was just going to ask, what the, what's it doing? Is it creating a weird wallet that you don't know who owns? Yeah, Because so I saw it do that a couple times. Isn't that weird? Yeah, so like um, I put in my seed phrase and it would just give me a random address. Not actually importing my old... Over. Is that on mobile? 
or are you doing that no, on no, desktop? On, on desktop. Oh, interesting. I've only gotten it to do that on mobile. <clears throat> and it was a weird thing with like exiting the app right after you set your seed in. If you don't yeah. exit the app or force close it, it generates this wallet that's already in use. And exactly, I think yeah. they were able to replicate it a couple times, but I haven't heard on on if there's a fix for it. Okay, because I don't even have the option to, um, <clears throat> I think it's a recover wallet, is it? To um, I don't even have that option when I try and put, um, put in my seed phrasing anymore. You probably need to like delete it, wipe it, start over, like okay. clear all the caches out or, or uninstall it, reinstall it, perhaps. Okay. Right, Are you sure that you, you use the right password? Your old password? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Okay. 100%. Um, but yeah, I'll, tr I'll try that again anyway. Cheers. Thank you. I should really be writing down all these questions in case people can't stay on for the full two-hour session to pose these questions back to Jared. Um, but yeah, Finn, I definitely saw you weren't the only person that created this weird wallet thing. I've not, I've not seen that myself, but did sound kind of intriguing. Yeah, it was an interesting little glitch. Uh, I think one of the uh, one of the Lunk community members mentioned it, and they were like, "Is this isn't my wallet?" And then I was able to replicate it, and then yeah, we we let them know uh, over at the shop about it, and I think they were able to finally replicate it. I don't remember. This was a couple weeks ago. But yeah, really, really weird. Maybe we can talk a bit about the uh, recent news about the SEC. I know it's a, it's a headache. Oh, I'm, I'm not allowed to talk about work stuff okay. here. I, I, I don't talk about work stuff here. Thank you. I'll jump in on that one then. Um, yeah, so, has anyone actually read? Have you read the report? Yeah, I, I read the report. But um, my question is, like, how, how deeply... like. If something would happen to Doquan, obviously TFL could overtake, right? Uh, but if something major would happen to TFL, how far decentralized are we? That, that's basically my question. What's the worst case scenario and how re resilient are we? Good question. And one for us to ponder, I suppose. I, I've not read the full report yet. I did see um, little bits of Joe's face and I saw, I saw Finn in there as well kind of interesting stuff i think the whole thing is just outrageous the state of the world is outrageous and it just feeds into this whole narrative of control uh, i mean this is going off topic of like specifically the case with the sec but we had we've had like two or three years of this like lockdown nonsense um and it just seems like there are powers that want to control us. Not only was um, UST destroyed, but yet it's as if that wasn't enough. Do you yeah, think uh, this has something to do with uh, the upcoming CBDCs uh, that they kind of want to destroy crypto or the decentralized way of crypto in order not to have an alternative to CBDC? And people, yeah, running towards CBDCs. I mean, is it as if like the SEC, really, I mean, is if the SEC is like doing this for, for people's protection? It's, that's just a load of nonsense. Well, doing it under the guise of the people's protection, but this is exactly what people foresaw coming and why 
the mission of what was being built was so important. And then with that failing, everybody knew that obviously they're going to try to make an example of this and scare the Jesus and the Dickens out of everybody so that they run with open arms into whatever backdoor CDBC, BDCD, GBGB that they want. And, and that's, that's exactly what's happening. It's playing out in real time right yes, before they our only had that one big shoot, right? They only had that one bullet they could plays against Terra Luna and they already shot it now pretty early uh, so I think in a couple of months maybe this is all being forgotten already again and then I think we can get this out of our way so to speak because at some point in, I already imagined this to, to come at some point I thought it would come a bit later but uh, yeah so I think it's well, that, maybe I don't think that it's, it's happening that early I don't think they foresaw how many lunatics would be willing and able to jump in front of that bullet before it got anywhere near our sweet, sweet dough. We would never let that happen. And now uh, they've shown their hand. And now, you know, what happens is going to happen. JG, what's good, man? Good morning, guys. Good morning. It's, it's five, uh, 5.17 in the morning. Is it, is it the same time for you, Finn? That early bird special? Sure is, buddy. <laughs> sure is. Bright and early. You know, I wanted to say that civil cases in uh, matters like this are, are not the end of the world. Uh, we're going to see the truth come out, right? They got blockchain evidence. The audits are going to be exposed. This is almost like a good thing because, Doe, you know, Doe wasn't lying. He was honorable. And uh, they spent a lot of their own money trying to correct the, the issue, the attack, right? So... All these things are going to come out uh, under a magnifying glass because now everyone's going to watch and 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 here they're telling the truth. So <laughs> it's kind of going to be hard to twist the blockchain data. It's going to be hard to change that. So we're going to see the what ha- we're going to see the difference. We're going to actually get another go. And I think Luna is decentralized. Doe has said before that no matter what happens to him, the blockchain uh, is going to be able to continue no matter what. So as long as we have committed validators, and I know that Orbital Command is a committed validator, I know NFT Switch is a committed validator, these people are not going to stop validating the blockchain. So don't worry about that. <clears throat> yeah, my, my question, I kind of know that Dokon and like, kind of like made sure of that, but uh, my question was about TFL. Uh, how, I mean, but TFL is not holding that many coins anymore, right? So that's not an issue that much because it's like all the coins are in mostly in community hands so that's a good thing i guess i believe they're all in the community pool they divested of most of them you're right guess who's just come back that was a quick meeting did what i could welcome back sir we've um we stayed on we talked a little bit about um attacks on tfl and ldk but now that you're here again we can. There were, there were actually some questions about Station Wallet, so we'll maybe hold those questions for a little bit while you give us kind of broad overview of what's going on, if that's all right, and then we can get down with some specifics, some issues that people are having, as well as some possible suggestions. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so jumping back to where we were, uh, if you are coming from a previous iteration of, of Terra Station. 
uh, or perhaps you haven't recovered your wallet since we've uh, added the interchain cap capabilities, um, you'll just need to recover your wallet um, from the mnemonic. This is because your previous private key, so the way station stores your your um, ability to interact with the blockchain um, is, is via a private key, so it does not store your mnemonic. Um, it generates the, the private key off of it and then uses that to interact with any application or, or send chain transactions, et cetera. Um, we previously only stored the 330 coin type uh, because that's all that we used on Terra and the wallet was just for Terra. Now that we're uh, using it for other chains, we have to be a little more flexible. And so we're accepting the 330 or, or creating the 330 and 118 derivation paths. Um, <clears throat> so you'll just need to do that in order for a station to understand that you have assets on other chains um, because otherwise it, it won't be able to read the pathing uh, just just to like explain the the technical reason why you would you would need to do that if you're coming from um say like uh, kepler uh, or you're making a new wallet that doesn't apply uh, as soon as you enter any mnemonic uh, they will both both the 330 and 118 coin type um, will will be available to you <clears throat> so like there's a quick 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 rundown of like starting the wallet um you, you the the concept here is that the wallet is uh, a self custody uh portal so so you're it allows you to access a string on on the ch on chain which uh which stores your your coins um and that's kind of how it does that uh so if you're not using it for a wallet i'm not sure why you're there uh <laughs> so so yeah so you, so you do that part and uh and then you can start using it for all the things that you would use a crypto wallet for now there are four deployments of station i think that this is where a lot of the like troubleshooting questions come in and so I'm, i'll just dive into that since we have a couple questions uh maybe that'll be like the most useful way to uh, maybe the most useful lens to examine station from for for the current conversation. So you have the mobile deployment, the web the web deployment, the desktop deployment, and the exchange deployment. And so these are typically rather interconnected, but in in different ways. Uh, the web app uh, is is what is what is the desktop app. Like they're the same application. The desktop application is just a customized Chrome browser uh, that is providing you a portal to the web application. Um, and then it's combining a couple of the features of the extensions, such as like the key management, um, allowing you kind of a, 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 a pseudo offline experience, uh, if you will. So, so that's all that's going on there. The extension is a separate application which has features cherry picked from the web branch. So there may be things between the two that aren't available on one and are available on the other. Um, and this is just kind of depending on on the capabilities of, of, of those two interfaces. Um, for example, an extension, we're able to pull in items from the Cosmos extension while we await Ledger's approval on some PRs. Um, so there are some things that we can do in the background on that to, to allow uh, a different path for Ledger users to connect. On the mobile application, there are significant differences. So the mobile application has not been updated to the interchain branch, and that causes like an architectural issue for us, where we're maintaining um, previous previous pieces of the architecture 
including um, an old API layer, uh, an old assets repo, some external APIs, uh, an, an outdated version of our JavaScript SDK, an outdated version of our wallet provider. Um, so we're kind of having to maintain a parallel infrastructure in the background for that application. Um, and, and the reason I had to leave there, uh, and I'm again, I'm sorry for having to leave the space for a moment, was because we're like very actively hiring for that that position and actively hiring for um, designers and other front end developers. Uh, but like kind of in that order, like mobile developers, designers, other front end is the priority um, in station. We had a, another one uh, that was kind of in between, but we've hired for that spot, uh, which was like. Uh, Mm, core development, backend infrastructure, and then also for for DevOps. Uh, it's nice to split those two things. And if anyone is interested in like how to lay out kind of like the organizational structure behind making an application, I can talk about that. But like, I don't. I think that's a pretty niche, like uh, even more niche than the detailed information I just provided about architecture. Um, so with all of that. Uh, I think I've just run through like if you were a user all the way down to like if you were trying to recreate one of the applications um, and kind of walked walked you through the web of the architecture. Uh, let me take a pause and ask one if that made any sense and two if there are any questions about that. I am going to maybe express my ignorance here a little bit. You talked about a web version and a desktop version. Like, which is the web version, like the website, and the desktop version is the Chrome extension? Is that the way we're describing it? <clears throat> yeah, so I think that's that's an important distinction to make. So the web version is like the, the website that lives at uh, station.terra.money. The desktop version is the application you download to your to your desktop. Oh yeah, I don't think I've re I've not used that for ages. Awesome. <laughs> and then the Chrome extension is 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 the Chrome extension, right? Yeah. Wow. So just just for for my benefit, then I'm sure everyone else is thinking this guy is a noob, but the the desktop version that has been upgraded, we can totally use that for the new station. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. I often use it. Um, I often use that version first, and then I use extension because I know that if that version is working, that the website is generally working since the desktop application is a <clears throat> is a direct pull from the website. Um, so like for my purposes, I'm just trying to test to make sure things work. Uh, so, like, that's my testing framework is those two first, then mobile. Um, yep. Also, I'm just, yeah, thinking of my, of my own sort of station or terra station usage. I, I literally used to use that loads, and then I don't know why I'm not using the desktop application anymore. What, one thing you were talking about, and I'm still confused by it, and I, there was actually someone put out a tweet today. It might have been, I think, Tendermint Timmy. I read it and thought, I don't know the answer to that. Um, you've been talking about we need to import using our seed phrase, not import from the private key. I mean, it's going to be going off on a little bit of a tangent, but like, what what's the difference between the seed phrase and the private key and how they actually work? Yeah, so uh, 
so like high level on this, um, you have a seed phrase, which is the mnemonic phrase. You're, you're 24 or 12 words in station. It's 24. Um, I think Kepler's still using 12. I haven't made a Kepler wallet in a couple months. So if they've switched, I'm sorry. Um, but but it, whatever it is, it's a series of words that you use to create what you interact with a chain with. What you actually interact with a chain with is is this private key. So the, so the private key is a, um, a, a an identifier, a series of, of numbers that identifies um, your wallet privately to the blockchain. Um, like validators have both a, a private and public key. That public key is what your uh, what you're identifying them as. Your your wallet has the has a public key as well. So your 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 wallet address is your wallet's public key. Um, the private key is what it uses to to sign transactions and actually interact with the blockchain to say um, like this is this is verified coming from this source. Uh, the validators have the same thing. Uh, when they sign blocks, they sign them with their their private key. And so Station does not store the mnemonic that created the key. It only saves the key after the mnemonic is, is entered. Um, we limit what is created um, for interaction on that key for security and for simplicity of use. So previously, we limited the key creation to just uh, wallet derivation path 330. Um, there are a lot of wallet derivation paths, uh, or, or coin, coin type paths. Uh, so like, I, I, I and I'm, I'm sorry if any secret users want to correct me. I'm, I've got a couple floating on my head, but I think secret uses, uh, coin type 60. Um, if that's not right, you know, please, again, please correct me, but, but just to like highlight that there are coin types beyond even 330 and 118, um, it's just that 118 was adopted by, a lot of other chains. Um, so like every other chain you see on station at the moment, Akash, Axelar, um, Osmosis, Stride, Crescent, uh, Kujira, Juno, they're all using um, 118. Whereas like Terra and uh, Mars are using 330. And, and, and all we're saying here is like, when you enter your 24 words, a certain string of of numbers are created based on those words. Um, they're unique to, to each creation, but they are they're also identified by a path of cryptography being 330, 118, 60. Um, and the 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 resulting path is different, or the resulting uh, number is different depending on which which path has been used to create the private key. Does that help? This was a really weird concept for me, by the way. It helps me to a certain extent to sort of get my head around it a little bit. Just to explore that a little bit more, um, I find it a little bit interesting. Is So if, if I put my mnemonic into one computer, it will create the private key or a private key. If I then put my mnemonic into a different computer, will it create the exact same private key? Yes, provided that you're you're using that same pathing. So like if yeah, so like I've got, you know, whatever wallet I have I'm using for um testing here. <clears throat> I've put it in through the UI and the UI has saved a private key on it. If I were to then start up um a node and I wanted to sign transactions from the CLI, I would have to run um uh was a ter terrid keys add. 
or, or tiered keys recover. I can't remember if uh, it's tiered, tiered keys recover. And um, I would have to re-enter my mnemonic in, into the command line, um, and it would spit out again in, in, that, in that terminal. It would spit out the um, private key associated with, with the wallet. Okay, so the the whole like I've I've got a wallet like a hot wallet that's um used to be my um sort of wallet for making videos and stuff. Mm. It's now turning into more of a main wallet because of how <laughs> things went last May. But um, I don't have that C phrase with me, so that's in this my secret or in my, my couple of different secret locations. Mm. Um. And the reason we need to put our seed phrase in is to do with these um, derivation paths you're talking about. Does that kind of reset the wallet so that it picks up these other chains? Is that right? Yes, correct. Um, and part of that, part of the security around that is, say, your, um, say your machine is compromised. So, like, I have, um, you know, I've, I have the ability to like remote wipe my machine. Um, so say your machine becomes compromised, you can you can wipe that. Um, your private key will be uh, destroyed. There's no way for there to be in, unless it you know you said you you have yours in multiple locations. That's a solid call. Another solid call is like a physical um, wallet. Like I've seen, you know, I've got metal wallets um, or a ledger. Like these are all like uh, additional security you might put around your mnemonic. So basically, as long as your mnemonic is not like uh, you know, sitting on your desktop and someone takes a, a picture of it real quick before you wipe your computer. Um, there's no way that after you do that wipe, they're going to be able to do any sort of transaction. Um, so that's 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 why we're only storing um, that, that private key function. It, it provides an, an additional layer of security. Awesome. Right. There. Are, I mean, I've got some more things to ask about, but we did have a question from. Luna V, Luna V shape, having a bit of an issue um, getting his new or sorting out his new station wallet. Um, Luna V, are you still there? Luna V, you have. Hey, uh, it was it was actually not me. Uh, I think it was J, G NFT, right? Mm. Oh, I just had a suggestion. No, no, right? my wallet's good. I use a ledger, but the, I was just saying that when we were having a discussion earlier, and uh, some people were saying that. They, they were getting these weird wallets and probably it's because the pathways are not set up. So they're creating a, the wrong outputs. Is that correct? Uh, un, unclear from that information. Could, could you make so, yeah, Okay. So we were talking earlier and some people were loading their stations or trying to reload everything. And what they were getting was sometimes accounts that weren't matching their, um, getting uh, their information. It wasn't matching up. Is this because the, the wrong... So uh, there was there was a guy that put in the seed phrase and the password correctly, and it was creating a new wallet rather than um, re like having the, the old wallet, basically. So I think my first question on that troubleshooting would be... Um how old the original wallet was so if it was from if he had created this like during columbus one that could actually still be um it, it, you're talking about his terra wallet yeah so his terra wallet could 
uh, still have been derived on a 118 path. I think I think it was Techers that actually asked this question. Techers, do you want to have a go at describing? Yeah, I just I just brought him up, and I know we got a few hands up also after uh, Techers. Cheers, thank you. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> I um, tried to uh, uh, create a new station wallet. Uh, when I put my seed phase in, it was giving me a different address after you put in the password and uh, and the seed phase. And the, and the station wallet I created, I think I just caught the back end of it, I only created it, I don't know, in June of last year. So it's not that old. Um, yeah, that's not possible. Yeah, Jared, <laughs> do you remember that glitch we, we were messing with a while back? It, it's that same thing where you put in your seed phrase, but before you get to the 13th word after the 12th word, it just enables this phantom wallet of somebody's. Uh, but yeah, the, the team was looking at that. Uh, I don't know if they actually ever were able to replicate it, but I sent them instructions on how I was able to replicate it. Yeah, I think I even saw also on YouTube, sorry to inter interrupt, but also on YouTube, I can't remember the guy's name, but even he said uh, he was having trouble with the seed face, but he actually put in his private key and that worked, or vice versa. One of them didn't work, but the other one did. Uh, yeah, unclear. Um, for, uh, Finn, for your specific issue, uh, what we determined there is that um, basically the application was was breaking for some reason. Uh, whatever whatever method uh, was being used, um, yeah, and so so some sort of like developer wallet uh, was being displayed. Mm. I mean, I think there's always the option still to just make a new wallet, right, and transfer all the funds in order to have the upgraded Columbus wallet, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, if the seed phrase is correct, uh, the password doesn't have to deal with the seed phrase. Um, it's only the seed phrase that matters. Okay, that sounds like there may be some issues worth exploring there, um, but potentially you can get in touch with Jared with DMs and you might be able to look at that for you. Um, I mean, that, that kind of leads on to another, not necessarily issue, but another thing we could talk about is that um, like at the moment, Station doesn't have all the chain integrations that are planned for it. Um, and to some people, they might have thought, well, it's been sort of rushed out the door. I mean, obviously there's pros and cons to sort of waiting until something's perfect if it's ever going to be perfect or just like getting it out there, getting people using it, which we are doing with Game of Alliance. So, I mean, can you maybe talk a little bit about why Station came out when it did and yeah, when can we expect more chains? Yeah, so um, those that have kind of like uh, been around for, for a minute in the ecosystem know that we prioritize uh, <clears throat> speed of product delivery uh, over a lot of other factors. So, like, basically, when we have an MVP, uh, we're we're apt to launch it 
as opposed to like let it sit for a while. Um, and this is largely because the, I mean, the users will figure it out. Um, like, we'll, we can test as long as we want. We won't do the same things that someone else will do to it. Um, like, we just won't break it in the same way, which is why we have, like, Game of Alliance running right now. Um, we've been testing it for, you know, what, three months now. Um, and we have a chain upgrade coming on Monday because in the wild we found things that, you know, we didn't we didn't find in testing. I think it's just, like, a, a good way to iterate. Um, for the chain integrations, <clears throat> it's kind of like a, a build it and they'll come situation. So there were maybe two or three people who were interested in integrating before uh, seeing the AirChain capabilities. And then as the, the same week we put it up, I think we got like 12 requests immediately. Um, and like I started sending out betas a, a week before. We had got like 22 interested chains. Um, so So we kind of had to like show that we were able to have the wallet um, before people were interested in integrating in. Now the pace has slowed. Um, I think we have eight active requests. There have been um, some some scaling issues that we knew would exist. Uh, just didn't anticipate the speed at which they would uh, manifest. <clears throat> Mostly re revolving around how queries are are passed to the LCD. So, like the first issue we knew we were going to have is that other chains don't run the type of volume that Station is going to require them run. So like the Chrome extension alone um, has about 700,000 active daily users. Um, and the request that that's sending is something that our infrastructure is used to, but not everyone else's. Um, yeah, so, so we knew that that would exist. And so we try to be a little bit slow and adding other chains because the application is pretty much only as fast as its slowest backend. Uh, so we like to at least kind of have a day of space, maybe two days of space in between when we add, so that we're able to like watch that that backend and the application run in tandem and make sure that like that's working properly. Then you have like weird things that are that uh, that accompany every chain being added. So we like added white whale yesterday. Um, the native token isn't traded anywhere, so there's no price data. Um, and so we just hadn't anticipated a coin having no price data. Uh, we kind of thought they all would. Um, so we spent the afternoon kind of making some changes to the way that we uh, process null data or zero data. Um, and it's a, it's a little smoother now. There are some like design questions where like there's no price data in the staking chart. Um, you have that, that chart is, is, um, kind of like created by by equivalent local currency value, whatever currency you, you've chosen. So like with a zero value on the token, uh, that chart just won't display. But if you go into like the chain specific uh, chart, you'll be able to see um, like which validators it's 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 associated, like your, your tokens are associated with. Uh, we've changed that to like units on chain. So like, um, you know, on Mars, it's, it's you Mars, um, Terra, you Luna. So like the the unit measure instead of the price measure is used. Um, so that's that's the like full explanation of why it takes a moment to to integrate these chains. This is in opposition. I think it's uh, useful to know in opposition to other wallets who may be charging um, a significant amount for chain integration. We charge nothing. Um, and what what you're getting from the charge from the other networks is that they will then. Um, 
or from from like Kepler specifically, or or maybe Leap. I don't know if Leap charges or not, um, but I know that they do the back end portion. Um, <clears throat> is that they'll 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 run the infra associated with it. It's something we're exploring, um, and we'll probably end up doing for a couple chains. Uh, but but yeah, that's that's kind of what's going on with chain additions. Thanks, Jared. We've got a couple of hands up, so let's go in order. Um, Luna V, then Chris, and then Vargas. All right, thank you. Yeah, I have just one question and one suggestion for the station wallet. Um, so if you go to stake uh, on the desktop and uh, you see all your delegations, it's always displayed in US dollar value. Um, and then if I click on it, I see all the different validators that are staked with. Uh, in order to see my total staked amount in coins or in Luna, um, I kind of have to manually calculate them together, which is a bit um, unhandy. So I was uh, wondering whether it's possible to just display maybe under the under the dollar amount, also the staked coins amount, the total. Yeah. So if you and then if you click um, delegations where it says view more, it'll give you the coin break. Yeah, but then it shows all the different validators, right, which I staked with, but no total amount. Mm, okay, maybe I just don't have uh, a ton of different delegations. Here, let me, let me delegate to someone again and, and, and see what you're seeing. And then my maybe I can continue with my second question, uh, time-wise. Um, and then I was wondering, I think in a previous AMA, you, Jared, talked about interchain swaps, that you faced some difficulties with it. I was wondering what these difficulties are, how you guys are trying to face them, and what the timeline possibly could be. Thank you for having me. Just while Jared's doing yeah. some redelegation stuff. So, oh, here so, so I see what you're saying now, and that's not the intended way um, that, that 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 modal should display. Um, <clears throat> it should be displaying in the way that you're you're describing, where like your total by network, uh, not your total by validator, is showing. So, yeah, let me, uh, give us a moment. Let me work on that and see. So our so 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 to provide like um, some insight on the process. Uh, Previously, the process was uh, we got something we want to fix, we PR it, we all review it, we push it. Um, we've decided that that was like just not cutting it for for like um, <clears throat> for kind of like long term vision, and so we've slowed that process down to uh, one to two weeks. And the process is collect everything. So like this one, since it's not um, it's not the intended. Is, is not the intended uh, like output, but it's not a bug. Um, like we just didn't follow through on the design appropriately. So so this would fall into like a standard update procedure, whereas like a bug would fall into still like, um, you know, an ASAP one day or, or less turnaround. Um, like this is like an, a great example of like when, like when and how we move forward with this type of feedback. So we'll, we'll start this on a sprint uh sometime on a tuesday or wednesday and move that through code review uh, so writing and then code review over a three to six day span depending if it's a week or a two week sprint 
Um, then move that into QA review for um, what is a, a one to four day span, depending on the, the QA feedback, um, which includes like unit testing, integration testing, and end testing. This is all pushed into staging branch. And all, all these repos are public. So like if you if you want to see what's going to happen on whatever our next release schedule is, you can always pull the staging branch down and take a look at it. Um, so then once it once we get to 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 the finalized point that's in staging, um, we have a sit down and go through it again after the designers, coders, and QA has looked through it. We then look at it again as a as an entire team um, and try to break it. And then uh, we will write release notes and push release. Um, so like this one's a pretty clear cut thing. Uh, the release notes will probably read something like. Mm, fixed to align with intended design, um, display all assets um, instead of assets by validator and in, uh, in, in modal uh, for for total staking. Um, I, I don't know if that's useful to people, but I know that there are a lot of questions whenever we do this type of stuff of like, when, 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 like, when will the time frame be? When are you going to do this? Uh, and so I hope that answers that question. Uh, which is about a week or two from now, <laughs> every time. Awesome. Thanks for that feedback, Gunavi. Chris B., I believe you were up next. Hey, thanks for having me up, guys. Uh, Jared, I just wanted to make you aware of an issue that I was having. I don't know if it's just me or if other people are experiencing this as well, but on the iPhone app, um, on mainnet, my history will automatically pop up as soon as I hit uh, history, but on classic, it's it's just continuously saying loading, uh, and then it's got the little rocket ship thing, and it just never loads, and I've been experiencing that for about a week now or so. Um, I didn't know if you were aware of that or not. Uh, I was not, and let me just write it down real quick. So this is uh, so we, we we spoke a little bit earlier about kind of the difference in architecture uh, be, between all of them. So that specific piece of architecture where that's where that's drawing from, I have to I have to look and recall whether or not it's pulling the history is pulling from the APL. I, I don't think I think that's pulled directly from FCD. Either way, the root of it is in the FCD for history on on mobile, on desktop web and extension the history is being pulled from the lcd and that creates a separate set of issues so like i just want to like delve into what this specific issue is so this this specific one for mobile classic um is most likely related to uh to fcd and the issue is either that um we have a collector on top of that which needs to be uh restarted this was a, a problem that we had often with the with the api layer and why we decided to um, stop using it in in interchain station, where like it just needed restarting, like almost every day. Um, it it just wasn't the API that that we needed for this, um, and so we decided to gut it and to um, kind of recreate it from scratch. So like a lot of our time, especially this week, has been specking out uh, a new API layer. Um, yeah, which which should which should be a lot more performant. We've we've considered using things like API Gateway um, or like a Node.js implementation. I think we're going with a Node.js implementation, but like anyway, 
Um, so, so like the troubleshooting process for this is I'll go to infra, ask them, uh, about the FCD. Um, I'll jump on, on, I think I've still got a wallet. Yeah. I'll jump on a phone with one of the wallets and send them some screenshots. Um, and then we'll kind of troubleshoot which part in the path has, has failed on that. Um, but my, my guess is that, is that something in the FCD is wonky. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll look into that. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, and a contribution. Thanks, Chris, from Fargus. Uh, yeah, your audio is going out a little bit when you're talking about the different uh, wallets on the different platforms. Uh, at least on my end, you guys might have been okay. But uh, when's the update for the mobile tentatively? And is there any other steps that is it just like automatically update, or we got to put our free seed phrase back in that as well? So, so for mobile specifically, uh, no ETA because I don't have a mobile developer. Um, so when I hire a mobile developer, then uh, I'll be able to like, you know, plan that out. Uh, the previous mobile dev, it was about a hmm, four to six month time frame. Um, and I think we got about a month through that time frame uh, before they, they had to leave for another project. Um, so depending on if the next one is as capable as that one was uh, the same time frame or, or a longer time frame. I think the guy that, that we've got coming in is of an equal capability, but like he hasn't started coding for me yet. So I, so I don't know, <laughs> um, but uh, as soon as he signs his contract and, and gets maybe two weeks into the project, we'll, we'll be able to provide maybe a, a, a better ETA. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Yeah. Thanks, Vargas. Um, just like moving maybe back onto some sort of bigger picture stuff after these sort of detailed feedbacks you've provided, or some people in the call have provided. Jared, you've you've mentioned Kepler once, maybe twice. Um, I mean, one thing that we're seeing in the in the Terra community is like people telling us we've got too many LSDs. We don't need so many LSDs. Um, and there may be an argument to be made or a case to be made about that. But like we've got we've got Kepler, like uh, an interchain wallet. So like why why do we need station? And and what's station gonna do that Kepler maybe doesn't do? Yeah, so so I, I as a developer was trying to integrate into station and was realizing that we don't have the um exact same like hooks or methodology that they were used to from um like kepler and cosmos station and what they were looking for specifically was how they were going to um tell from the extension tell when a person changed moved chains on the extension to the web app like how the web app would detect um switching between chains uh and the answer to that was that station is automatically on all of the chains at all times. So there's no swapping between chains. Um, and so this created a little bit of an issue for them because they're like, well, that's what my application is, is looking for. Um, so I, I think we're going to continue working out. Uh, well, we're going to continue working out with them and, and kind of testing that. Uh, for the applications that are using it, they've, they've found it to be a pretty easy methodology. It, it takes one step out. Uh, where you're having to determine which chain uh, you have to go to. 
And then it also allows for like a centralized to the user, a centralized uh, location to um, to see all their wallet addresses, kind of manage their wallets across the chain. So if you go to like if you've if you've imported a new monogram like we were on a video I would show um, into station and go look at the receive page, you see all of your chain addresses right there. Um, and this next week's update will also add a QR code into there, but at the moment you can just copy the address, which I think is what most people use. Um, and so this is like, this sounds maybe like a convenience or like a small thing, but like allow me the little extra time. Uh, and I, and I have a lot of extra time now cause I, uh, you know, messed up my meeting schedule. Um, so I have that whole hour that I thought I had to be at another meeting. So we've got time to address a lot of stuff. Um, so, so, so this actually leads to a lot of things that you don't have the build capability on other wallet. So everything that we're building is with the intention that, um, that at the end of the implementation, so like the design is made in this way and what we've done in the in-between is, is limited by the technology at hand. So the, the, the design like North Star here is that you're able to interact with any application, um, any application that's using crypto with a single click, whether or not you have funds related to that chain. So like, let me give you an example. So like you want to stake Ethereum, you own Luna, <clears throat> you have nothing in between. So the, the goal is that Station will be able to immediately stake your desired quantity, your desired output of, you know, you want to stake $10 worth of Ethereum. You can do that without having to go to a bridge, uh, bridge over, then trade your asset for, for Ether. Um, you'll be able to do this in one signature, um, in one seamless transaction. And so the very baseline of that is that the wallet has to behave as though all chains are readable at once. Um, what we're, the way we're doing it at the moment is by prefixes. Um, and there, there's likely going to need to be some additional logic as, as we move forward. We, we don't account for, uh, same prefixes, uh, just don't know how to do that logic yet. Um, but we'll, we'll figure something out, I'm sure. Uh, or yeah, at any rate. So that's like why that feature exists. So, and, and let me go into like swapping. So I, I think we had a question about like, you know, what's the progress on, on the interchain swapping? We have worked out with TFM and Rango. We've looked at Warp and who else? There's one other provider we had looked at that was a DEX aggregator. And essentially they're all running into the same issue at, at this moment in production, um, which is that you have to have a bunch of signatures to do transactions. Like we're looking at a Terra to Osmosis, or what was it, Terra? Yeah, Terra to Osmosis swap. So you have Luna, and you're going to swap it to Osmo, um, and then do some sort of transaction on on Osmo. Through the router, you're going to have to go through uh, Terra, one bridge to Axlar, a swap on Axlar, another, um, another, another bridge to Osmo. Um, a swap to Osmo and then a swap to the token that you're looking to do. So by the end of the process, if you don't have gas, we're looking at six signatures. And we think that that's like really crummy. 
so we're still <laughs> developing the UI associated with it, uh, with the desired outcome. Uh, but the t technology isn't quite there for that sort of thing. Um, what we're looking at in the Cosmos is implementation of IBC version 6 um, and the use of interchain accounts, which when we began the redesign of Station wasn't really in a state of maturity that um, that was usable. Uh, and at this point, it's being used on, on Juno, and we have like at least some, some real-world data on it that, that we think... Uh, we think we can we can use it at this point. With the interchain account, you'll be able to do exactly what we're talking about. Uh, and there won't be this kind of like really difficult backend that that you have to like navigate. So that's that's like step one is getting that worked out in the cosmos. Step two is getting that worked out over Evmos and into Ethereum. Uh, yeah, that's 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 ongoing. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll update as as we move forward with it. Awesome. I was thinking Finn might be jumping up to say something about background noise there. Um, sounded like a bit of a mic drop. <laughs> oh no, we just fix it in post. We got the AI working on it. Sorry. That's awesome. Glad to hear, sir. I had a eyelash in my eye. I had to get out. Oh, absolutely. Nothing more annoying. Do you, I mean, do you have details or statistics on or data on like how many downloads of the new station there have been? Yeah, so we don't track um, any data on desktop or web. Uh, Google tracks some data on all extensions. So we have like the data from that extension. Um, we're considering doing some minor collection along like those lines. So what the, the data we're interested in is on an aggregate, how many people um, hold coins in each of in each of the, the wallets or each of the chains that Station interacts with. So like we want to know, um, you know, which, which chain has the most users in Station so we can kind of like ensure that that process goes well. So like if we're prioritizing running infrastructure, again, we're not charging for that. So we don't want to like provide infrastructure for 700 chains, but we probably do want to provide it for like, say the top five, the top 10, something like that, where we know that, you know, if we can hit 90% of our users with support, then, then we should do that. Um, so, so we're looking into the best way to do that. Uh, again, we're like really sensitive about, about data collection. Um, so like we, we just need to find the right way to implement that. Uh, and we use something on our doc site, and I, I am sorry, I don't remember the, the name at the moment, um, but its collection is, is aggregate like that. So it doesn't like collect IP addresses or, or that sort of, sort of data. Um, it just collects like how many times a link is clicked within a time frame and stuff like that, which is important on the doc site because we want to know like, you know, where do people go? They go to, they go to, the run a full node page, they immediately then go to smart contracts. Like, you know, have we made the pathing in this site like untenable for people? And, you know, after five clicks, are they still on the site? Are they still reading information? Or are they doing nothing? Um, so like, that's the type of, of data we're interested there and the type of data we're interested in on station. Um, but again, we don't collect that data. Uh, all we have is from like, um, the NPM package for the downloads or from uh, for, for desktop or like the Google dashboards. Like if you launch an application, there's like a, 
there's there's like an automatic thing that they track here so like i'm looking at it here and we've got um oh let's see last week we were at about 650,000 at the peak in may we were at about 800,000 um so we're not we're not even too far off of like daily users from from peak for the wallet uh, and Interchain has had like a nominal impact. So like maybe about a 50,000 daily user impact. Um, I think as we continue to add chains, we'll see that, that kind of rise. Can I just ask you to repeat that number? Did you say 600,000 daily users? Yeah, 650,000 daily users of the extension specifically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I had no Not idea. Bad. It was it was that much. Yeah, it's it's pretty damn good. Um, I mean, sorry, did you want to come back on that? Uh, yeah. So like, just just the, just again. So like, I think it's useful in relation to like what peak usership is. So like, we've seen a twenty percent decrease in users since peak, um, which to me feels like a major win. Um, you know, we've we've obviously been through a huge crash as a market as a whole um and to only use like lose like 20 percent of daily active users when uh you know we lost like all of all of our funds as individuals i think just shows that like the ecosystem is, is still pretty vibrant certainly it, when, when you were on um terra bytes digital sorry when you were on bytes digital <laughs> last week you shared a dashboard about Game of Alliance, which I thought was pretty neat. Um, so I've just put that, I've, I've put the link up and um, just above this space. Um, but that's saying like, there's maybe like a, over 11,000 players on Game of Alliance. I mean, what, what sort of uptake were, were you hoping for? Uh, so honestly, I think I have an, as a comment on the launch documents here. Uh, that I, I didn't anticipate more than 3,000. Uh, and so, yeah, we are well above that. I was definitely wrong. Like, I think we hit 3,000 on, like, day two. Um, so... I'm looking out. It looks like there's 16,000 accounts. Um, and looks like there's what 81, 160, uh, somewhere north of like, uh, of 250 validators even, um, which is, which is a lot. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. So, I mean, just a question from my audio sounding a bit weird. Hopefully I'm coming through. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, just a question from the orbital command side do we does it matter how long a validator is validating on game of alliance or is it as long as validators come in and do their 80 percent uptime before it finishes uh yeah let me let me just look at the rules again but i'm i'm pretty sure yeah here we go docs it's uh 80 uptime in five days because there's a lot of chains to run too so you could like swap mm -hmm. over to the to the next chain uh, but, 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 but... Overview, start time, rules, let's see. 
uh, yeah, 80% uptime for more than five days. So if you so if you run it for six days and you have 80% uptime, those are the points for that that section. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that for potential validators yet to spin up their nodes. Um and as far as playing the game of Alliance, um where is the best place to drop feedback? Is that the Terra Discord? Yeah. Uh, so we, we made, for, for validators, we just made a channel in the Terra Validator Discord. And for um, game participants, we made one a channel in the uh, main Terra Discord. And we, we split it in that way because there's just, there's, if you're running a validator, you have different questions than everyone else. Um, and so we we're trying to provide a space where other validators are able to assist. Um, in particular, I, uh, you know, y'all are terror valid, but, but for those that aren't validators in there, um, there's almost like no hiccups. Like we do chain upgrades. You know, the last one was under 60 seconds. Um, like, yeah, it's, it's kind of incredible. Uh, cause I, I was a validator two years ago. And I would spend time every morning reading through people's questions and like learning and, and submitting like, uh, you know, PRs to like the docs and like just even as a community member trying to improve the experience. And two years down the line to see that like, you know, we've got a we've got a baseline of people who know exactly what they're doing and are able to help new new people is is pretty cool for me. Um, I, I think it's been a big win of of the validator community on Terra. Absolutely. If there's anyone in the audience with a question about Station or Game of Alliance for Jared, just put the request in. Myself or Finn will bring you up. Um, and just while we're waiting for that, I mean, it was my understanding a few months ago that, that you were in charge of Station Wallet. And then now it seems to be you're heading up Station Wallet. and heading up alliance or certainly game of alliance anyway um when when are you going to be in charge of feather as well <laughs> so so i think i can clarify my role at tfl just a little bit um so i am an engineering manager um i'm a people manager and so i move to whatever project needs that skill set um so like generally that's just whatever the latest project is um most projects begin in small cells it's a very flat organization so people just kind of work on like what makes sense to them um and if a project gets you know out, either outside their skill set or like they just hate it uh they move to one of the other projects um so like generally these these projects will start as maybe one two three people um, and they'll develop and develop into a point where they need assistance. Um, then it'll be like, okay, we've created this cool back end or this cool front end. Like now we need the next part of the process done. Um, and so I'll bridge the gap and, and assist in, in completing whatever, whatever it is that that's being built. Um, so I'm, I'm in no way in charge of game of wise. It's definitely, uh, uh, one of our core developers things. He's doing an amazing job. I don't know if he wants me to like to like uh no he's got he's got his name on on his discord and everything so it's it's Javier who is uh 
who is who is managing that program. He's freaking awesome. Um, he actually has has participated and been a core developer for for a long time. Um, he assisted in the launch of Phoenix. Um, yeah, he's overall like like a very competent core developer and and very thoughtful uh, in a lot of these ways. I don't know a lot of people who write Cosmos SDK modules, um, so he's definitely joined an elite group in that respect. Um, so, so no, it's it's definitely his project. Uh, I just am assisting in like communication, uh, and that's the thing that like often we try to do uh, to shield our developers from the general onslaught of the public um, and allows them to focus on like what is highest priority for like application stability or in this case, um, you know, module stability with Game of Alliance. So he's able to focus on writing the, the code that makes Alliance uh, function. And then the rest of the team around him is able to either assist in, in that process, assist in uh, maybe like game specific things. So like, uh, you know, we have a data analyst who will assist in kind of like scoring things at the end or comms people who will help write uh, articles, moderator teams who will help um, to answer questions. And in general, we'll kind of move these teams and these components of the organization from project to project. And so on on the topic of of feather, so like uh, so I'm generally aware, I think of of a lot of things, uh, and feather is like one of the things i'm I'm more aware of. Um, we have a couple options for further development. Um, we have options with external organizations and options with uh, some internal hires, and so we just have to continue divvying up that work. Um, yeah. I, and and I can answer further questions about that, but that's that's like where where we stand currently. Awesome, thanks for that response, Jared. Chris B is back up. Chris, do you want to go again? Yes, sir. Thank you very much, um, Jared. I have an idea on something that I would like to have built. Um, however, I'm not a developer or anything like that. I just have an idea. Um, I was wondering, is there anyone, yourself included, at TFL to listen to my idea that I don't want to just share out in a space um, and maybe point me in a direction on how I can go getting that built? Yeah. So there's a lot of paths. So. So one is to join a community around whatever it is. So like, I'm just, there's just like some general stuff. So like, you know, when I, I, if you want to do a validator, you join the validator discord and just kind of start asking questions and, and making acquaintances there and start figuring out like, um, you know, who you may, who you may trust to, to work with. Um, and then we also have like the Terra developers room in telegram. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Oh, oh. And, uh, and and things like that. This, this, those may just be like places to meet developers. Um, where you might find people who are interested in investing in things that are not developers. Um, I would say, not not that you don't need. You should be cautious in both spaces if you if you have an idea that you want to protect. Um, but uh, that you should. Maybe be extra careful with people who aren't going to actually code it, um, and uh, and maybe engage in some like NDAs and things like that. 
in general, the space is pretty open source. So like if there's an idea that could be built, someone's probably built it. Um, and it's just a question of like finding that project and then forking it and then adding your, your flavor to it. And that's, that's a lot easier to sell. Like you're, you know, you find a developer that's able to work on, on the changes you want. You can be big or small, whatever it is. Um, a lot of success is related to like, you know, the network around what you're doing, um, and buy-in from, from, from users who are, who are going to actually like, you know, I put into whatever it is you're you're creating. So like there's 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 a clear path there. Um if it's novel and it has not been created, um then I think that's a lot harder. Um yeah, because then you have to you have to kind of get a brief overview of like what skills would be needed to complete it before you even like are able to figure out which developer might be that much of a game. Is there, is there any and I'm super with you <laughs> um, and I, I I think I'm the oddball on this so like the the main I had to take a moment off for is we're um, we're doing a lot more theming on on station and I know that like not everyone in the organization thinks it's important um, but so like uh, I, I I gathered some feedback. Or a month ago, two months ago, whatever it was, and um, we've got some people who really love the Blossom theme, and so we've got a animator and designer working on it. And like, I think I think we're gonna add this particular piece in, and I won't like tease any others because I don't I don't know which other ones we'll do, but like there will be on the Blossom theme now, like a cherry blossom tree up in the up up on the top nav bar that like kind of uh flows and and like drops cherry blossoms on on that top nav bar um so like little improvements like that to me uh really like make the application <laughs> like i i really enjoyed the little spinning like station logo um and stuff like that i just i get a lot of enjoyment out of and so when i looked over the alliance ui uh, the game of alliance ui i was just like this is really plain um and the feedback on that is that the the point, just kind of like what we talked about, the station wall needed to be built before chains adopted. The point is kind of to like really robustly test that module because the UI is a short-lived, you know, like four-week UI. Um, we're not looking to like, you know use that beyond the game of alliance it's not going to like then be incorporated into something else afterwards um so we wanted to put kind of like the minimum level of resources into into doing that um because the main test is taking place in um like validation capacity and bot in in transactions like bots running um in other chain teams uh creating parallel test nets um, and trying to integrate them. So like these sorts of, of issues were the ones that we were most interested in from like the technical perspective. Uh, and so those are the ones that we, we put the most effort into. Uh, so I apologize that it's not like flashy because I wanted that. <laughs> but also I think that the, the path chosen was, was the right one for the, for, for the modules development.
And so what, I mean, as, as users of Game of Alliance, I mean, I must admit that the first time I tried it, I didn't really know what was going on. But the more I'm using it, the more I, I feel comfortable with it, like sending this, these S tokens around and staking them all over the place. I mean, what, what is it? I mean, what's, what's the learning outcome that you, you want users to be sort of taken away with them? Yeah, so I think that the most important part and what would make you like, like quote successful at the game, like again, it's a, it's it's a non like, it's not, a, this isn't gonna like in, impact your uh, your children or something like you for generations. You're not gonna talk about game of alliance. Um, you might talk about alliance, but like maybe not the game. Um, so anyway, uh, what what we what we would like for the takeaway to be is more. For, for you to be successful at, at, at playing it, you, you'll probably need to like read the documentation and understand things like the take rate. Um, a lot of, I see a lot of users that are like, yo, this, this shit's broken. I just lost tokens. Like don't deploy this because this is going to be like the worst thing to ever happen to any chain who does it. And it's like, well, that's actually a function of the Alliance. Um, so that's something that we're, that we're looking to educate people on. Um, because if they in and, and this can only be put in by governance right so like we've we've written this thing but each chain is has sovereignty they're going to have to decide whether or not they want to add this into their chains um and then once it's added they're going to have to choose like even the assets that they want to be added in um and part of that is going to be what your what your take rate is on that chain so let's say you um let's let's say on juno uh, they're going to accept Luna now as a um, as as a as a staking uh, token on on Juno. So every time someone stakes stakes Luna there, they'll be subject to the take rate of of the Juno chain, and they can set it anywhere between zero and one hundred percent. This is on on a yearly percentage. So if they set it to one hundred percent, and you stake five hundred Luna on Juno, then at the end of the year, all five hundred of that will be gone um, if you don't touch it. If they set it to zero at the end of the year, um, all of that will will still be there. Um, so this this take rate is kind of like a very important aspect to understand conceptually, and then to like utilize when we vote on these things. Uh, because like I don't think that that governance has been used in this way yet. Maybe like anywhere. Um, like, I don't know where, like, general populaces are able to vote on uh, economic treatises. Um, so this is going to be, like, a very interesting experiment uh, as, as like, people have to uh, understand how, how they work. Um, another one is reward weight. And the take rate and reward weight are, are tied together. So this, this would be, like, important feedback to have on, on how to manage that or if they need to be tied together or if users don't want them to be tied together. Um, the reward weight is like how much that that um, that token would would receive in reward in the rewards pool from the native chain that it, that it's on. So like Luna on Juno, um, the reward weight is going to determine how much of the rewards pool goes to Juno and how much of the rewards pool goes to Luna stakers there. Um, and this is also going to the the reward weight. Uh, is also going to determine how that voting power splits up. So let's say the reward weight is set uh, to one, then that means the staking asset 
the the new native the, the new staking asset is equivalent in reward weight and voting power to the native asset. So you set it to one, and Juno holders and Luna holders will both have the same um, take from the rewards pool on Juno and from the uh, and be able to vote with the same voting power. You set it to you know one percent, it'll be one hundredth of that. So one hundredth of the pool will be sent to Luna stakers and 100th of voting power will be distributed to those who stake Luna. So you'd have to stake 100 Luna to be worth uh, one Juno vote. Um, so like these two concepts I think are are actually super important long-term. And it's our hope that like the average user um, playing it will take time to read through that documentation um, or even experience it, right? Like that jarring experience when you see tokens leaving and then that will spur them to do kind of more research into um, how the module works, and that will provide more informed, um, more more informed decision making when people want to use this in in the actual chain. As somebody that doesn't validate and that didn't really read the instructions, I just went in balls to the wall, started clicking whatever had the highest APY. Um, I can appreciate how well the test net works. It works better than some of these main nets out there. Everything is fast and smooth when you claim and when you're shuffling things around chain to chain. From your guys' perspective of watching all of us DGENs interact with this, is there anything interesting you're learning about how things should be displayed, how high APYs versus the take rates versus the, the reward weights and everything? like? how those can be set to kind of guide people down a certain path, perhaps? Yeah, so, <clears throat> so I've been in a lot of design lately, um, say like half my days in design. And um, yes, so we have a lot of different options right now and we haven't, and, and not a conclusion. Um, one of the things we've been considering is like how to do this conceptually because it sucks right now. Like I, I hate staking interface on Game of Alliance. We cannot ship that, um, that into like station or something like that. Like I, that yeah, we can't do that. Um, what we're considering is that there is a complex system at play, and how do we make that simple? So we've considered. Okay, what does the user want from this? They they want rewards, right? Like that's why we stake. That's why we take the risk in staking, um, as we want we want network rewards. Um, so like there are two optimizations on that, and we we're not sure how to reconcile them yet. Uh, so if, I'm I'm open to suggestions. Um, one is that we think that the user, to your point of of the massive APY wants the most return for their stake, right? Like just whatever, the most return. However, if we do it based on APY, the most return may be in a token that like makes no freaking sense to you. Um, so you could say, I want the highest APY on my Luna. Okay, cool. So you stake it and you get like just the crummiest shitcoin you've never heard of. Um, IBC'd over at a rate of you know 20,000 a day. So you're accumulating massive quantities of a coin that you'll never use or sell or want in any capacity. Um, so this is like the scenario in which we don't think we should. Let's just we could call it 
let's call it loop. Let's just for shits and giggles. So let's say you're you're staking and then you get these high APYs and it's a loop token. And now you're like, okay, cool. I have this token that nobody wants. Yeah. So so obviously that's an outcome that the user we don't want to guide the user there, but also intuitively, like for every user that goes in, that's what the first thing they look at. So like if we sorted it by APY, it may be a little misleading as to what's going on there. Or at least I would feel a little bit misled if I if I just looked at the APY. You know, we could and we could put some info boxes and some warnings and stuff to like you know, if, if that's the route that we go down, we'll at least like provide the information and inform the user. But I think they they'll still make dumb choices. Um, I mean, I guess we can't prevent that. Like, you know, people will always make dumb choices with their cash. But you know, I I want to do what I can um, to to help that process not take place. Um, anyway, so then we've also considered. All right, you have an asset, um, let's say Luna, and your expected outcome right now is that when you stake it, you receive Luna rewards. Okay, well, what if we just say, um, if you're staking asset X, if you're staking Luna, um, we'll always optimize through the, the staking UI for the highest uh, for the highest rewards weight on that token. Well, that's pretty much always going to be uh, just staking it to its native chain. So we've just like reinvented staking with extra steps. Um, yeah. So, so we're not sure how to reconcile those two things from the from from the goal of providing like one click interaction with Alliance because there are, are a lot of factors going on, um, and then you know like the the take rate and reward weight are two like totally different factors that I don't think the average user will optimize for. But uh, I think a lot of users in our current ecosystem, kind of the like diehard crypto people who are still um you know partaking during this during this bear market um will like they'll want to know um where am i going to get the most bang for my buck like governance wise or the most bang for my buck um uh, like in capital efficiency like where can i stake this where um you know the trade off between that take rate and whatever the other reward is is appropriate for me um so yeah so 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 the, again the short of it is we don't know how to do that yet in the ui um but that we are aware of like the complex factors. And I think I've spent like 20 hours looking at different suggestions for it so far. And I haven't liked any. That's super interesting too, because you're not only taking into account those things, but then also like the inflation rates of each token that you may or may not be receiving and whether or not that makes sense in the long run to even be staking. Uh, I think for me, what helped the most obviously having all of the instructions there and like the 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 good information the broad information but those tool tips when you mouse over mm -hmm. and it gives you that little breakdown once you're inside that was huge that is actually what made me dig into the broad information of what those those different weights were because i was like oh this number is changing what and you mouse over it and then it tells you so i think maybe utilizing those quick tips with some hyperlinks that take you to the broad information and i think we'll find it on our own eventually or over time of just using it but that is an interesting issue to to try to solve in a ui yeah i'm with you i for me i think that's the optimal route because i like detailed information um it, well, when it involves my cash, I do. Like in general, I I think I I kind of broad stroke life. But um, but yeah, when it involves my cash, I pay a lot of attention. Um, I think a lot of us are like that. <laughs> um, that we 
even if we're detailed people, we pay extra extra attention to to our to our money. Um, and so we've considered, and and one of the intended features on the stake page is to provide uh, advanced staking. So like uh, restake um, LSDs, uh, you know, co compounding things things like this that are provided by by different organizations, um, and kind of a kind of a catch all interface. Uh, and so we've considered that there would be like quick stake, uh, manual stake, advanced staking, alliance staking, and like each of these kind of tabs would direct you through um, kind of a different user experience. Um, yeah, and we just don't we don't have a mm, unified opinion on that within the organization. Like some people think that sucks, uh, and some people are like that rocks. Uh, I'm sure we'll come to a conclusion on that, but I, I appreciate the feedback and uh, I'll definitely go into my design arguments this week and be like, listen, I talked to Finn and he told me to put more details in here. So, uh, you know, do that. That's right. You <laughs> tell them Finn, Finn from the NSA and the SEC said he liked the, the quick tooltips and to keep doing that. <laughs> All right, you got it. Okay, we've gone for about 90 minutes. I'm sure Jared's got a lot to do on this busy day. It's kind of the evening for me here. Is it, Jared, is there anything you want to leave us with um, before we wrap this thing up? Um, I really appreciate the engagement um, that we're receiving. Um, I know that personally, it's been a, a wild uh, year. And so I can only imagine that for everyone else, it has been as well. Um, and I think that there's a lot of strength in the technology that we're building. That's why I'm still here. Um, and that we have the capability to influence the world um, and the, the, the kind of future of, of what we're going to do as a society. Uh, and I hope that we win as a community. So I just want to remind people to like... Be kind to people outside of the terror community. Um, if you're from outside of the terror community, uh, you know, same thing. Uh, be kind and understand as you as you come in, um, because if we're going to make it through this cycle and into the next, um, I think we're going to have to be pretty unified. Uh, and and what we're going to face isn't going to be as much of the infighting in crypto that we may be like used to. Of, oh, this coin's better. Or this chain's better. Or like oh, you should really use this technology or this wallet. It's going to be like, what is the most inclusive way for us to engage with society as a whole? Um, and what are we going to do to provide access to the average user, one, and, um, and value to them? And then how will we provide value to, um, say, your crypto native or advanced user, just like we do in every other segment of society? You know, if you, if you go to trade stocks, you can go to Robinhood or E-Trade, or you can go to, um, you know, like a pro trader interface. And th that'll depend on your skill level and your appetite for risk, et cetera. And so we need to imagine this and think about it in, in those terms. Uh, we need to think about it in, in the terms of how are we going to cater to um, people outside of our community and how are we going to uh, integrate with them? And some of that will cause frustration for us as native users, um, but we but we just need to be aware of that. Like like if we're making some compromises for simpler uh, applications than than we're used to, 
those compromises should be made in the interest of onboarding new users. Um, and we can have this take this this time right now to form uh, better alliances, both like economically and like relationally with people in other chains and other walks in the crypto space. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I would just like to echo those sentiments. I mean, for example, yeah, Luna LSDs fighting amongst each other or Terra people fighting with Osmosis people. I mean, these are definitely not the battles we need to be fighting. It's us against CBDCs and us against SEC nonsense, um, in my opinion. Anyway, thanks. Well, yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, like, we're the ones that are left, right? Like, everybody in this room right now, we've all seen capitulation happen with all of our friends that have come and gone. And like, we're the ones that are left. So it is, it's absolutely, there's a reason we're all still here, you know, like we're not just going to go away and fuck off. Like we're here because we believe in this shit and we believe in the vision of what you guys are building and like, we'll be here. <laughs> we'll get it, man. Awesome. Thanks for your time, Jared. Thanks everyone for being here. Thanks Finn for stepping up and co-hosting. It has been really useful learning more about Station Wallet and Game of Alliance. Everyone, go and read those docs. That's what we have to do. Read the docs. Thanks very much. Good night, all. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Station Wallet and Game of Alliance with Jared from TFL, hosted by Rebel DeFi with Orbital Command and some friends and me. Recorded on Friday, February 17th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When I'm ripping and rapping, I ain't picking the bastards who be tricking the masses into getting their asses kicked. Feels like I've been getting my masters. Fuck a pump and double like the income that's passive. Raise up the bar before I fly right past it. I'll be writing rhymes till they put me in a casket. Old man shit, put the lotion on its skin. Then put that shit back in the damn basket like Buffalo Bill, the way I'm ruffling feathers. Snuffing out debt, cut the heads off collectors. Keep a couple heads in a jar as keepsakes. And take the rest and turn them into free bait. Upgrade the feelings, supply the free base. Looking all professional, tools in the briefcase. Running on empty from gassing up my teammates. First one down, let me know how that sleep tastes. impossible defending the plausible from end to demonstrable the mission isn't even worried about the clearance running interference till our enemies fear us we're only one disappearance away from a bad day everybody trying to save face on the last day feeling fancy about to pull out the mass eh? drop the eight ball in passing that's so passe i'm getting nasty you cannot put it past me a mix between blasphemy and tuck everlasting feeling like a masterpiece looking like a tragedy trying to get through another day full of savagery getting headstrong from working in the mess hall all hands on deck waiting for our next haul i need the rest got big plans to eject so feed the grass and keep off the kleenex i am interested in magic because i am fascinated with psychology i love to learn about how people make inferences how they draw conclusions find patterns and information and in particular i'm interested in all that can go wrong how an individual can be led astray by certain cognitive vulnerabilities or exploited.